And we are going to get straight into it. Well, we're already into it, aren't we? But we are going to continue moving forward tonight. So for anyone who doesn't know me, I think it's always nice to know people's names. My name is Sarah. Very nice to meet you. Oh, it's on the screen. There you go. It's on the screen. My name is Sarah. Um, And I'm really excited to be here sharing with you all tonight. And I want to start by asking a question. And it's this. Have you ever taken something for granted? Oh, that was very quick. Okay, good. Well, my question's on the money then. I think we've all had a moment where we haven't fully appreciated something that we've had. I know for me, I used to live 20 minutes from the beach, 20 minutes from Caloundra, 35 from Mooloolaba, and I think I probably went like twice in the few years, like I just never, ever went. And I look back now and two years, uh, two hours in Toowoomba is probably still closer than other people to the beach, but let's all agree, it's a day trip. You're not popping down to the beach. It's a day trip if you go. And I just think, why did I not appreciate this when I had it? Or I think of like uni days when all I had to do was like, well, and that's if I did it, was uh, like read a textbook And then go to Sizzlers, there was like not many bills, Uh, Sizzlers as in to work, sorry, let me elaborate, that wasn't just like where I spent all, you know, who doesn't love cheese toast? No, I worked for Sizzlers, Um, whoops, letting a little bit of my, uh, how upset would I be if that's all I did and Sizzlers shut down in Toowoomba, Um, but I used to work there. And so all I had to do was go to uni and then go work at Sizzlers here and there, make a bit of money. I didn't have bills or anything to really worry about, so I would usually spend most of that money. It was great. And I was so distraught I didn't have my career and a full-time job that now I look back with kinder eyes. And I go, ah, alas, what good times they were. Uh, It didn't matter if I binged on Netflix because that was all I had to do. Um, And there are always these things in life that I think we look back on and we go, hmm, I probably should have appreciated that a little more. I think it could be a season. Um, It could be something that we had, maybe like a car or something that we maybe didn't fully appreciate in the moment. I always think of travel post-COVID. I never thought... Like, I never thought that I cared about travel until I realised that it all of a sudden wasn't something that we just could do. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to start travelling because I've been taking it for granted. And then I think there's all of those things that are, you know, less of a first world problem that we take for granted every day, like clean water, like having a house and food and um, having safety and freedom in a way that other people don't experience. You know, there are a lot of things in life that we could just take for granted. And I think the irony in it, um, or what I most of the time see, is that you only notice in hindsight. You rarely notice in the midst of that season or that thing that you're in that you haven't been appreciating something that you have. And this thought just struck me that on my journey with God, assuming that this is the faith that I continue for the rest of my life, which I'm believing I will, there won't ever be a hindsight for me. I mean, that would just be the end of my life. And so what if I'm taking God for granted? What's going to be the cost of that? When am I going to realize that? And so I want to look at a verse tonight in Romans chapter 2, verse 4, and it says this, 
Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? You know, a simpler way of saying this is, do you think so little of who God is that you don't realize it should lead you to repentance? You know, there's something about who God is that should transform us. But you can know God and never experience this. This verse is testament to that. When Paul wrote this to the church in Rome, he's saying to you, um, he's saying, sorry, not to you, to them and to us now, he's saying to them, you know God, but you're not living like you know God. You're not experiencing the transformation of who God is. And I think so many of us can do that. We're happy to be um, come to church and have a faith, but we kind of wanted to end there. We want to know God's for us. Yes. God came and saved us. Yes. We're free. Yes. But then when God starts to do a little bit of work, that's when some of us start to check out. But who God is should transform us. And that transformation, that change is called repentance. And so we're going to be talking about repentance tonight. And if that makes you cringe, I am sorry. If it's your first night in church and we're talking about repentance, I am so sorry. But I'm not that sorry because I think it will be really good for you. Like you're going to start like day one in a really great space about repentance. So the rest of us have been hating it for years. And so I have titled this, Nobody Likes Repentance, so we can all take a deep breath out. I'm not trying to be that person who's like, repentance is the best thing in the world. You should all love it. I mean, can you imagine, can we be real? If you're like at one of those awful, like ice-breaking events, and they're like, okay, everyone go around the circle, tell everyone a bit about yourself. And it's in that moment where you're like, there's nothing about me that I can think of. Imagine if you were sitting next to someone who was like, hi, I'm, I'm Shelly. And uh, that's what the telemarketers call me on the phone because I think there's someone called Shelly with a similar, similar mobile to me. But like, hi, I'm Shelly. Um, a little bit about me. Um, I have a pet dog and I also, oh, repentance. Love it. Live for it. It's my favorite thing. And you're like next to them like, okay, I already hate having to meet all these people. And now I'm sitting next to Shelly, the repenter. Like, nobody, nobody is this person. And so take a deep breath. It's okay. Not all of us are a fan of repentance, but I've really had a sense in my heart recently of God really calling um, or putting something on my spirit that I've spent a lot of time trying to get to know God. I feel like um, I've needed a lot of comfort in terms of um, knowing that God is loving and kind, knowing that he's forgiving. I keep going back and back to the character of God and who he is. Like, I want to be secure in that. I think a lot of us um, need security in the nature of God. But I really feel like God's been saying to me, like, that's okay, but that should take you somewhere. Knowing who I am should actually take you on a journey of transformation. And so that's what we're going to be looking at tonight. And I want to encourage you that um, this is about us individually right now in this moment. It can be very easy to see how other people need to change or how we think they need to change. Push that to the side. I'm not giving you top tips 
to go and tell that person you think needs to change how to repent. This is a moment for us to actually listen to God and what he's calling to us uniquely and speaking to us about that we might need to transform our thinking in, that we might need to go on a journey on. So let this moment be about your journey with God. Let this moment be about what he might want to say to you. And so we're going to go to 2 Corinthians And we're going to read some scripture here and then go over a few observations. So we're in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 7, verses 8 to um, 10. And it says this, even if I, oh, sorry, I should give you context. Paul is writing a letter to the church in Corinth because he told them to fix something and they didn't and he wasn't happy about it, but then they did. And so this is the after they did what he asked them to do later, um, if that gives you any sort of context. But it says this, even if I caused you sorrow by my letter, I do not regret it. Though I did regret it, I see that my letter hurt you, but only for a little while. Yet now I'm happy, not because you were made sorry, but because your sorrow led to repentance. For you became sorrowful as God intended, and so were not harmed in any way by this. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leads no regret, but worldly sorrow brings death. Sorry, I didn't mean to make that sound very dramatic. (laughs) I just needed to breathe out. Um, But I mean, I'll take it if that helped you in uh, hearing the verse. Um, But I want to pull out a few observations from this because I think it reveals some of the ways that The word repentance, what it means, has been almost lost across time, across culture, um, across specifically pop culture, I think, is a lot of the reason we struggle with this word. Um, But I want to pull out some observations. And the first one is this. Paul's intention was not to make them sorry. He specifically says he was happy, but not because you were made sorry. People are generally happy when the outcome they wanted is what happens. So the fact that he's happy, but not because they're sorry, means that's not what it was about. And I think we need to take a moment and look at the actual definition of the word repentance. Because as Pastor Shane says, whenever he's here, is that a word is not as important as the way we imagine that word works. And so I think we need to um, look at this word because it gets a bad rap. I mean, when you think of the word repent, I mean, I just hear like some screaming billboard holder, like in a movie, just like, repent, you said it. Like, I don't know, something much more dramatic than that, but it's so harsh. It's very critical. It's quite judgmental. It's very fear-driven to a lot of the time. It's this real desperate, like, you need to change. You need to repent. But often in a really judgmental, critical way. And I think it's put this bad taste in our mouth. Even for me, I've been on a journey of faith for years. And when I read it in the Bible, I'm just like, "Mm, I know this isn't what I think it is, but I still don't like to hear that word. Like if I could just sub it out, like if you could, what's that auto change feature in Word where you can find a word and change all of that word? I would do that with the word repent and just make it something nicer. But I think that that's not because of what it was intended to mean when scripture was written. It's because of where that word has come and what it means now. And so if you look at a dictionary, 
It shows part of the problem. The dictionary definition of repent as a verb, so something that we do, a little bit of English there, it says to feel or express sincere regret or remorse about one's wrongdoing or sin. And the fact that a dictionary definition says sin suggests to me that this is a very religious word that even other people are like, yeah, no, we're not even using this in general anywhere else because it's quite specific. Their connotations aren't great. I'm not sure you would see a lot of um, marketers using this word, even if like the the Toowoomba Regional Council isn't doing, like, repent campaigns. Um, Like, this is a word that's really specific to religion. Um, How funny would it be if they did do that? Um, I wouldn't be interested in it. My, like, filter would get rid of them. Um, But it's narrowed it down to an expression of regret or remorse, feeling essentially really bad about something you did or didn't do. And this is a really misleading view of repentance. And while I'll point out that I think sorrow and feeling bad or feeling guilty can be a really genuine expression of repentance, like if you've done something or been in a situation where it's led to hurt and pain, for you to realize that needs to change, there could be genuine sorrow in that. There could be a genuine despair. But to leave it at that is to miss out on a key part of what God is calling us to. And the original meaning of this word in Greek, the word is metanoia, and it means a change in mind, to think differently afterwards. And not just a change of your mind like, oh, I changed I change my mind on what I want to wear today. A change in mind, a change of like a core conviction, something that you truly believe, a change in your belief system, something that's transformed the way you see the world. And so, and specifically, that leads to a change in your actions. This is not a word that says you should feel a certain way. It's a word that says when you realize something, when the way you see the world changes, do something about it. Turn in that direction. Actually move towards the revelation that you've had. And so if we look at these side by side, you start to see where the problem with the word repentance comes. On one side, you've got feel really bad about yourself and the state that you're in, what you've done, what you've thought, or what you haven't done. But on the other side, we've got when you have a revelation about how to live better, follow it, move towards it, actually go there. And already you've got such a different view of repentance. And so a few of the, I just want to touch on really quickly, a couple of the issues that can come up if we look at repentance as purely sorrow, as purely a feeling that we have. One of the problems, I think, is that we will have a really unhealthy relationship with God. If we think we're meant to feel really bad about ourselves all the time, and that's doing what God calls us to do, we're not going to have a very healthy relationship. That's a, that's a red flag. That's a red flag. If anyone wants you to feel bad all the time, that's a red flag, especially if that leads to nothing, if that's for no purpose. And so I think it can create, if we don't get this right, if we don't really appreciate the original word, our relationship with God might become a little bit strained. And the second thing is that you can be sad and not change anything. I don't know about you, and I won't ask you to raise your hands, but 
I mean, I think we would have all had a moment where we were genuinely sorry about something that we did and we did it again. <laughs> May, yeah, no, okay, just me then. Uh, I should have got everyone to raise their hands. I would have felt better. But feeling bad doesn't mean you're going to change your actions. It should, but it doesn't always lead to change. And the next thing is that, ooh, I've lost where I am. Ah, yes. I think the other issue is that, sorry, the other issue is that if we think it's based on sorrow, we're only going to repent about things that we feel bad about. And I can guarantee you there are things that we need to change and have a change in mind of that we don't feel that bad about. Because God calls us to live on a, on a higher level. He calls us to live at a higher standard. It's not just love your enemy, it's love it's, it's not just, yeah, love your neighbor, it's love your enemy. Love everyone as you would. He calls us to something greater. So if you're going, well, I don't feel bad about it. Why would I repent? I'm okay with this. I would, again, start to go, ooh, we've missed something. God's calling us to live a transformed life in every way. And in every way, you're not going to see the need for it. In some things, you will because you'll get to a point of pain and you go, oh, this is not working out well for me. Maybe God's way is better. But sometimes repentance is not knowing how God's way is better, is not feeling bad about something, but knowing that God says to do this differently and choosing to go in that direction anyway. There's an element of faith and belief that God is good. What he's calling you to is good and it's going to transform your life. But you might not necessarily feel sorrow in that situation. And so God doesn't want you to be sad. He wants your life to be transformed. That is what repentance is about. And so that is observation one. Observation two is that godly sorrow leads to repentance, salvation, and no regrets. Realizing that God's way is better... And acknowledging who he is should lead us to a change in mind. It genuinely should. When you realize God is good and he is all the things he says he is, he's loving and he's kind, then anything he calls us to will be those things. It might not look like those things, but it will come for our good. And as we turn in repentance, as we cross, it points us to Jesus And who was Jesus? Jesus was humanity perfected. He was what we should all aspire to be like. I think whether you believe he was God or not, Jesus is a great template, the best template of how to live your life well, how to honor your your time that you have here. But when we get pointed to Jesus, we get pointed to the cross. And so automatically with repentance, The whole point is that it would move you to salvation, which means it's moving you to the image of the loving God who died on a cross for you. The loving God who did what he could to show the greatest display of love that will ever exist, that thousands of years later has an impact, a genuine impact in people's lives, just knowing that someone like Jesus died for them and saved them. But that means when you come to repentance, it's pointing you to that image which says there is no judgment, 
There is forgiveness. There is grace. This is not about you being a bad person. This is me saying I have more for you. I died on the cross so you could live above this, so you could live a greater life, so you could be called out to more. When you're called to repentance, if you feel judgment, that is not the voice of God. The voice of God is I want more for you. I want better for you. So please turn to me, come to me, repent. It's a kind word. It's a loving word. It's God calling out and saying, I have more for you. Let me transform your life. And I want to promise you that in that, there is no regret. There might be pain. There might be a little bit of uncomfortableness. I think there always will be. God's very countercultural. The things in Scripture that he calls us to sometimes won't add up to what's cool or trendy or what makes sense. But there's no regret in choosing to turn towards Jesus. I don't think anyone who's made that decision and done the work that it takes to get there has ever looked back and gone, well, that was a mistake. In in my own journey, oftentimes I've gone, I wish I didn't wait so long to turn. I wish I didn't wait so long to trust that God is who he says he is. And so I think we need to reclaim this word because nobody likes repentance. Nobody likes repentance, but in its original intention, it's a beautiful thing. It's a transformative thing. It's an incredible word that should define our relationship with God. It's something that we should be living in every single day. And so we might not like it, but we're called to live in it. And I think the more that we say it, the more that we remind ourselves of what it is, what it truly is, the easier it will be. The easier it will be to ask God, what is it that we need to turn away from? What, is, what greater thing are you calling me to in every area of my life? And so we just need to do four simple things. Sorry, that was a five. (laughs) Number three, my Lord, sorry. We just need to do four, you're welcome. Four simple things, okay? All right, we on board, yes? Okay, we need to check our hearts. Have you ever heard the term clean heart? If you're in a life group, hopefully you have. It means checking in with God and asking him to show us what might need to change. Sometimes we will know because it's the thing that probably right now you're going, mm-hmm. Don't want to think about that. Don't want to think about that. No, I'm sure she's not talking about this. Um, If God's putting that on you, that's not on me. That's on God. But it's checking in with God, checking in with your heart and saying, is there something in me that needs to change? Is there something that can be transformed through Jesus? And we need to turn around. Don't just let God show you. Actually make the active choice to move in that direction. Turn towards it. Trust in God that it's going to be good for you. And then you need to move forward. Actually do the journey of repentance. And if, if it doesn't work out the first time, hey, do it again. Keep going. There is never a moment where repentance is over for you. There is never a moment where God goes, okay, well, if you'd done it this time, your life would have been better. Now it's not. No, God is always there making a way. So no matter where you end up on this repentance journey or where you end up letting God transform you, continue, move forward, keep going. And the fourth one is repeat over and over again. See, if repentance was about making you feel like a bad person, it doesn't make sense. Um... Because it's an eternal thing. You're never going to be finished repenting. And I can tell you right now, Jesus never wants you to go around going, I'm a bad person because I have to repent all the time. That doesn't make sense. Jesus says you are loved. 
Jesus says, you're my, you know, you're my, you're a child of God. You're highly favored. Those aren't the same person talking. When you hear that judgment, push it away. Push it away because it's not God. You know, a life of repentance is a bold thing because loving God can be very easy. He's not hard to love Jesus. He was a really cool guy. But actually living like you know him, actually letting him transform your life, that can be uncomfortable. But I promise you, it will not be something you regret. And so I just want to touch on a couple questions to help us with this tonight, and then we're going to pray. And the first question is, is my journey of getting to know God continually changing the way I live my life? This is a process. This is an everyday thing. If you already know Jesus, then that's amazing. But you need to keep on this journey of letting him transform you from the inside out. You need to keep on this journey of asking him what there is that could be better, what there is that he could call out in you that's greater than what you are right now. And if you're not on a journey with God, that can I encourage you, this is the first big step in this journey that we're talking about is just turning to God initially. That is going to transform your life in a way that I can't explain. I don't think anyone can explain what it is that God does inside of us. But let me tell you, that will be the most transformational decision of your life. And the second question is, is there something I'm wrestling with that I know I need to turn away from? You know, sometimes we just need to be a little bit brave. Sometimes we just need to trust that those things that end up on our heart are actually something that we need to move away from. I think oftentimes God reveals it and it's just like a little whisper, like, hey, is that the best thing for you? Hey, haven't you heard something better about what I have for you than that? It's a kindness, but sometimes we need to be brave enough to actually move in that direction. And the third question is, when was the last time I asked God to show me something that he could transform within me? Have you made it a practice to actually ask God, clean heart, just to say, hey, um, you know, is there anything that, that I can transform, that you could transform in me? Is there anything in my thinking that I could change? Maybe the way I'm seeing people isn't great. Maybe I'm always looking for the worst in people and you could really touch that and help me to see the best in people, help me to have great and healthy relationships with people. It starts with asking the question, And the last question is, have I ever felt judged when I've needed to turn away from something instead of being encouraged that God has more for my life? You know, I think that's one of the biggest pitfalls of repentance is that there's a lot of judgment um, culturally around what it looks like. And that's not God. God says, come to me. I have forgiveness. I have love. I have mercy. Everything but judgment. Just genuinely turn to God and trust that he's not thinking of you less. He's not thinking that you've blown up your life. He's thinking, I'm so excited you're looking in my direction. I'm so excited you've taken one step towards me this week. I'm so excited that you're one step closer to the life that I have planned for you, for the purpose that I'm calling out in you. That is the voice of God in repentance. And so we're going to pray tonight if you wanted to stand as we do. And I just want to pray really simply first for anyone here tonight who hasn't um, started a journey with God or wouldn't say that they have a relationship with God or with faith, because that's the first 
and most important step you can take to moving in a direction towards God. That repentance begins with realizing for the very first time that God loves you, that He has a plan for you, um, and that he wants, to, he wants to know you. He wants you to know Him as well, and for that to transform your life. And so right now, if we all just want to bow out our heads and close our eyes in this moment, if that's you, and you want to take that bold step and, and get to know a bit more about who God is, I just encourage you right now to raise your hand um, and I, just so that I can pray for you um, tonight. I would love that. Yeah, thank you. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see those hands. And once you've raised them, you can pop them down again. And just if there's anyone else in this next moment, we won't wait too long, but if there's something in your heart that's really just beating a bit fast or going, man, I, I, I don't know about this, but I'd like to know a little more, then we're going to pray for that right now. Father God, I just thank you for every person that's raised their hand or decided in their heart that tonight they want to begin that journey with you, God. Maybe they're beginning it for the very first time or maybe the first time in a long time, but God, I just pray you would meet them where they are right now, that you would remove any fear of judgment, any fear of of not being worthy enough and replace it with your unconditional love, God. And we just thank you in this moment that they're taking a step towards you. We pray that you would honor their courage and their faith, Father. Amen. You know, I just want to pray for the rest of us really quickly, just on this journey of repentance. It's not easy um, to be called to something greater because it requires change. It requires a soft heart and openness to the things that God whispers to you and calls out in you. And so I just want to pray for all of us right now. But if that is you specifically and something in tonight's message really spoke to you, I want to ask you again to take a step of faith, raise your hand, make this a moment to acknowledge that you want to take a step in God's direction. So right now across the room, Father God, we just thank you so much that you are a God who has called us to live something greater, who calls us to greatness. And I pray right now you would give all of us the strength and the courage to seek you, to ask where, what parts of our life you want to transform, God, you want to change for the better. And God, we just pray that um, and we thank you that you're going to walk with us in every step of that journey. You're going to be there when we mess up and you're going to be there to encourage us to keep moving, to keep taking one more step towards you, God. And we just thank you for that tonight. And we pray that that word repentance would, would no longer be something we fear or, or we don't like. It would become a really beautiful part of our journey with you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to hand over to Pastor Levi and he's going to tell you a little bit more about getting to know God.